Today's going to be weird. Um, <laughs> it's going to be weird. It, it is. <laughs> um, go to, go to, um, it's, it's it just straight up, it's going to be weird. So, because um, I want to, I have to go to, I want to go to seminary professor mode just for a little while. And um, I want to um, explain some things. So I just want to talk to you this morning. Is that all right? Uh, let me tell you what I want to talk about so you can kind of get a feel. Um, the last two weeks, especially the first week of this series called Impact, yeah, that word on the screen, I opened up a, a major can of worms, and my inbox is filled with emails um, from a lot of people that um, either misconstrued or don't quite understand what I was saying or has their own framework. And so because of, I want to make sure everybody get a good understanding, today I'm going to answer questions. Okay? Is that all right? You know, I got quiet. Yeah. Oh, thank you. I got stool coming out the woodwork now. Yeah, thank you, Dean. Appreciate you, man. That's a good executive pastor. He right, he right on top of it. Yeah, that's good. Yeah. Yeah, thank you. So I want to I wanna answer questions today, and, and I've, 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 I've laid out an outline of some of the weird things that I said that caused a lot of confusion. And um, being the academician or the um, teacher that I am, I love confused people. I do. I really do. Because it says that you're listening. It says that you want to learn. And it says that you want to get an understanding. So today, I just want to walk through a couple of things to begin the process of clarifying some of the statements that I said so it could make sense to you. Um, I really prayed about, Lord, um, do I just continue plowing down the path of impact? And God just kind of dropped in my spirit, just looking at the amount of stuff that came to my inbox with questions. And they're great, great, great questions. Let me tell you why. We are a non-denominational church. And so that means we get people from all walks of life. Come on, y'all. Are you with me? Um, Baptist folk that don't believe in the gift of tongues. Um, charismatic folk that want only tongues, you know, um, and people that want to dance in the spirit. Come on, y'all. We have a plethora of stuff. And so I want today to um, take about a few minutes. I won't, I, I laid an outline to keep me focused, um, just to answer some questions that I've prepared, define some terms, and if you have not listened to the first two message, go on to iTunes, download the podcast. Um, uh, our tech team is telling me we're getting hits like crazy on those podcasts that are being listened to all over the world. Um, so go listen to them. Listen to the first sermon again after you hear the explanation today. And maybe the first one will make a little more sense to you and we won't be out of skew. So just bear with me this morning. Can y'all guys give me some grace on that? Amen. Yeah, just, I just feel like as a shepherd, as a pastor, I need to just take a moment to explain um, what was said um, so we can get where we need to go. Now, for the record, and if you've been here any length of time, you've heard me say this over and over again. If you haven't been here any length of time, this is going to sound new to you because a lot of you don't know me. And um, what I appreciate about this church is people hear me say weird things and they're comfortable enough to email and come on Wednesday and we can talk about it. So write your questions down if they come up today and then Wednesday we'll interact with it. Is that all right? Is that, come on, y'all. Is that okay? Yeah, um, I think we should go to church to learn. Yeah, we should go to church to learn, so I want you all to learn. Now repeat after me. Say balance. balance. Say it again. Say balance. balance. That's a very, very important word, okay? There's very, very important word because there's extremes. There's, um, there is the, if you want to call it right, and then there's the left, um, but there's balance as it relates to the Word of God. And my goal in prayer is that we all get balance. Now, for the record, I believe in all the gifts, for the record, okay, for the record, I believe in all the gifts. I believe the gifts are extant today, and what I mean by that, they exist today for the church. I believe that wholeheartedly, okay. Um, my prayer for Restoration Christian Fellowship is we grow to, the church, to become a church where we can see the power of the presence of God manifested in our midst. Just going to say that. Come on, say amen if you want that to happen as well too. Yeah. I, I think that God has empowered us for the phenomenal. And I want to see that happen. So I'm trying to grow us to get to that place. So I am taking a very, very systematic approach 
throughout this whole year to walk the church through a process to get to that season of more than enough. And so if you know anything about me, my theology is based on the entirety of Scripture, not proof texts. Okay? You kind of get what I'm saying? Um, if you don't know what Genesis says, you can't really interpret Revelation. Kind of get the deal, you know what I mean? Um, so if you hang out with me any length of time, you'll find I'm the guy that does that. So let's pray. Um, before we pray, go with me to 1 Peter, um, and I'll need you to keep your Bible open because I'm going to walk to a couple of verses and um, explain some things. Go to 1 Peter 4, verse 10, and let me read that, and then uh, we'll pray and talk and let God have his way. 1 Peter 4 and 10. Okay. And I will start explaining some things to you, four words I want you to get, and we'll let God have your way. And if you have, I try to do this, um, the U version of the Bible, you can download all the sermon notes online because they have um, all the scriptural texts to support what we're saying in them as well. So if you're one of those guys or girls that download the notes, um, it should be live now. Amen? Look at verse 10. If you guys are there, say amen. Verse 10 says, each one should use whatever gift he or she has received to do what? Serve others faithfully, administering God's graces in its various forms. If anyone speaks, he should do it as one speaking the very word of God. If anyone serves, he should do it with the strength God provides, so that in all things God may be praised through Jesus Christ. To him be the glory and the power forever and ever. Amen. Now, I'm going to be like a robot here. Say, use your gifts to serve others. One more time. Say, use your gifts to serve others. Okay. I'm going to begin with that word gifts because um, um, <laughs> um, we've been church for so long that we know what everything means. So when we hear certain words... We run it through the filters of our church upbringing, okay? Basic rule of interpretation, when you're going to interpret texts, you can't go to scriptures knowing stuff. Because if you go to scriptures knowing stuff, you're going to tell the scripture what it means. And you'll never get to find out what the author was trying to say, okay? Case in point, we just read a scripture um, that just talked about use your gifts, I am comfortable in saying just by me using that term, every person in here has an idea of what, of what gifts are. And none of you took the time to ask me what I meant by gifts or ask Peter. You kind of get what I'm saying? So we'll walk through that. Let's pray and then let's go to work. Father, we thank you for you. We give you praise. We give you honor. We give you glory because of who you are. So as we endeavor to clarify uh, some stuff, Lord, that was said the past couple of weeks, I thank you for every person that emailed me. I thank you for every person that stopped me to ask a question over the past couple of weeks. Um, we're here to grow. We're here to learn. We're here to be more like you. And we want to have impact. We are anointed for impact. And we really don't know what that means yet. So unless we forge ahead, let us slow down and get an understanding. So open our hearts to hear. We praise you. We thank you, Lord. In your name we pray and thank you. Amen. Okay, put the first slide on the screen. And let's walk. Can you guys see that okay? Okay, because um, I'm going to try to stick to um, this outline here so we can kind of walk through what we're going to say. Okay. Now, each one should use their gifts. Remember me reading that in 1 Peter 4? Um, there's this thing called natural gifts and spiritual gifts. Okay? If you don't know which one is being used where, you will isogeet what I'm saying. And what I mean by that. You will lay your meaning or your understanding on the terms that I'm using, and it will cause you to raise unnecessary questions. It's okay. So let me start here. This word, the natural gifts or natural abilities are the result of our generic, genetic, thank you, inheritance and the training resulting from our family environment. I'll explain that. They are possessed by both believers and non-believers. You guys get that? Both believers and non-believers have them, and they can be used to do what? Serve who? God. And to serve who? Very, 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 very important statement. And they can be attributed to 
the natural genetic material existing within all of us passed down from generation to generation, okay? So everyone, whether they are a believer or not, you have some sort of talent. Let me start there. Whether you know God or not, you were born with an ability, okay? Here's a mistake a lot of us make in life is we don't recognize the natural ability that God has given us. So we spend a lot of time pursuing other things, okay, and we miss our destiny in life. We miss our source of provision. Let me give you myself as an example, and we'll talk about this from time to time, okay. Um, I, um, I stink at communicating, okay. You might, when I'm standing in front of you, you might be saying he's a good communicator, but those of you that are members of this church will say this church stinks at communication, you know why? Because communicating is not a natural gift of mine. It's not a natural gift of mine. I'll hit that in a little while. My natural giftings are engineering and design and the arts and stuff like that. So uh, I made my living with my natural gift. Kind of get what I'm saying? I can design anything. I can design stuff. I can fix broken things. I can make things work. That's a natural gift that I have. Um, I'm very artsy, meaning um, music, can't dance worth a lick, but uh, <laughs> drama and acting and stuff like that, that's really who I am. And you guys probably don't know that about me. If you look at my bloodline and you look at all my children, you'll see my natural gift passed down naturally to them, Okay. Y'all think Veronica can sing? You, can, you should really hear me sing. <laughs> but it's artsy. You kind of get what I'm saying? The artsy gift. Um, my oldest son, Gerald, he is, uh, he's Felix. He's in, um, in Maryland doing his thing, and it's just like my natural gift. We started a company called G&G &G Graphic and Design, and he's out in the Pentagon doing graphic design and all that good stuff, using his natural gift. You kind of get what I'm saying? Um, he got bigger than me, so he said, Dad, I don't need you no more. I got my own thing going on. Peace out. No more money for you. And he's gone on his own. It's cool. Um, you see all the video stuff and all the lighting stuff and all this stuff that's around here. It's a natural gift that's passed down generation to generation to my family line. So all the lighting, all the lighting that you see, all the video, uh, all that stuff, this was probably hundreds of thousands of dollars worth of stuff. My 19-year-old son designed it and installed it. Natural gift. You kind of get what I'm saying, okay? And, and where he needed help, he would come to me, and because I'm the designer and the engineer, and I can say, well, you, you got to, you know, make sure polarity line up, you know, all that kind of stuff, and I'd work out what needs to be worked out. But you're experiencing his natural gift every Sunday when you come in here. Does that make sense? Now, let me throw this in there. That has nothing to do with his walk with God. It has nothing to do with him being spiritual or anything. You kind of get what I'm saying. But notice how they used it for God. You guys all right with me? I'm just going to keep that from time to time. Because there's other unsafe people that can do the same thing. <laughs> That's the point I want us to get around. So say natural gift. Say it again. Say natural gift. Go to the next slide. Let's go to the next one. We're going to walk through this real quick. Now, I want to deal with this, the Holy Spirit. Now, I'm not going to get deep into this but just because I want to read some scriptures and I'm going to move fast because I'm running out of time. The Holy Spirit is the third person of the Trinity, and it is the mysterious power or presence of God in nature or with individuals and communities, inspiring or empowering them with qualities they would not ordinary or would not otherwise possess. So the Holy Spirit um, comes and lives in you. Y'all go real quick to uh, 1 John, uh, 1 John, no, just say John 14. Go real quick to John 14. Let me read and then I'm going to talk. Yeah, John, go to John chapter 14. And these are verses that you already know. I just want you to read them in line of what I am saying. John 14, and jump down to verse 15, okay? Okay. You guys are there? Okay. Listen to what verse 15 says. 
If you love me, you will obey what I command, and I will ask the Father, and he will give you another counselor to be with you forever, the Spirit of truth. The world cannot accept him because it neither sees him nor knows him, but you know him, for he lives with you, and he will be where? In you. Look at verse 18. I will not leave you as orphans. I will come to you. Before long, the world will not see me anymore, but you will see me because I live, you also will live. And on that day, you will realize that I am, what's that phrase? In my Father. Very, very important preposition. And you are in me, and I am where? So come on, say, if you know God, say, the Holy Spirit lives in me. One more time. Say, the Holy Spirit lives where? In me. Go to the third word. Let me go to the third word. Go to the next one real quick, okay? Uh, next slide, as we kind of change slides. So this word is very, very important. Say spiritual gifts. Now, notice I said, number one, there's natural gifts. Those are things that you are born with, okay? Um, like you look at the professional athletes, right? They are naturally gifted that way, and they make their living based on their natural gift, okay? If, if you guys can lock into that principle, you won't struggle so hard in life because I'm telling you that natural thing is your survival mechanism. And we miss that a lot. We miss it, okay? So spiritual gift, okay, um, I have a lot of information I can provide on that. Let me just read this. In the basic sense, a spiritual gift is a specific act of God. And I've gone broad to say any event, any word, any action that embodies and expresses God's grace. So whatever thing or individual that serves as an instrument of the Spirit or manifests the Spirit or embodies the Spirit is a spiritual gift, okay? So whatever event, word, or action is a concrete expression of grace and serves as a means of grace, that thing is a spiritual gift. And you guys have all heard the Greek word charismata. So here's what a spiritual gift A spiritual gift comes in when the Holy Spirit enters your life. I'm going to explain this some more because I want us to get this. And it's the thing that God gives you to do what he wants done through you. Everybody okay with that? Natural, natural ability is all you. That's God's gift to you to survive. Spiritual gift is God's gift to you so he can work Big difference. Everybody okay with me? So do not confuse a natural gift with a spiritual gift. Now let me say this. Um, this is free real quick. There are times, and more times than often, it happens a lot, and I'll give you a time when it don't. There are times when God will take your natural gift and add his spirit to it and amplify your natural gift to become your spiritual gift. There are times when he will do that, Okay. He just doesn't do it for me often. Let me tell you what I mean by that. Let's go back to the communication thing. Preaching and teaching is not a natural gift of mine. Uh, remember the communication thing? Yeah. I just had to write an article for the Denver Seminary Journal. And, man, I sat down and struggled and struggled. I think it took me two months to write the article because it's not a natural gift of mine. And you see me on Sunday morning, and then you'll say, man, you ought to be able just to do that because you're a communicator. And so communication now is a spiritual gift. It's not a natural gift. So I can struggle all week long on, Lord, what am I going to preach about, what I'm going to say? It is not until I stand in this pulpit and surrender myself to God and allow God to take over can I communicate effectively with you. Does that make sense? When the sermon's done, I'm done. <laughs> That's why you guys say around here, communication stinks at this church. Because communication is not a natural gift of mine. So we need a communicator to help fix that problem, right? As a leader, you surround yourself with people who are strong in your areas of weakness. So we need a naturally gifted communicator. However, my, nat my spiritual gifts are preaching, uh, teaching, and evangelism. It's no different when I go in the classroom at the seminary campus, the students say to me, man, we felt like we were in church. That's because Felix didn't show up. God did. Does that make sense? 
You kind of, and it's no different with me and evangelism. You guys might not notice about me, but I love the streets to no end. I can go on the street and speak to the worst of worst, and it doesn't bother me in the, the, the slightest form because, once again, Felix doesn't show up. God takes over. You kind of get what I'm saying? If it wasn't a spiritual gift of mine, I'd be afraid to do it, and I wouldn't do it. The reason some of you are afraid to do it because it's not a spiritual gift of yours. It's okay. You kind of get what I'm saying? Everybody okay with that? Okay, so let's go to 1 Corinthians really quick. I want to show you this real quick, and we'll flesh it out on Wednesday. I just want to read this. Go to 1 Corinthians 12. Then I'm going to put this together really quick. I'm going to read fast because I want us to, to get these words. I want to go all the way to verse 11. You guys all right? Okay, now I'm going to say some things that's going to raise some more questions, write them down, and bring them to me Wednesday night. Verse 1, now about spiritual gifts, brothers and sisters, I do not want you to be ignorant. You know that when you were pagan, somehow or another you were influenced and led astray by mute idols. Therefore I tell you that no one who is speaking by the Spirit of God says Jesus is a curse, and no one can say Jesus is Lord except by the Holy Spirit. Verse 4, there are different kinds of gifts, but the same what? So look at verse 4. Look at it real quick. Let me just lay foundation. There's different gifts, but the same what? Very, very important statement. Because once again, if you come with a framework, you're going to tell the text what it says, and you won't let the text tell you what it says. The text says there's what? Different what? Gifts, but the same what? Very, very important statement. One more time. There is different what? Gifts, but there's the same what? Okay, now don't make this mistake to say, because I have the Spirit, I can get all the gifts. Don't lie to yourself like that. The Scripture does not say that. It says there's one God that we all have, but in addition to the one God, there is different gifts. Okay, let's keep going. Let's keep going. And it says now, verse 5, there are different kinds of service, but the same what? Lord, there are different kinds of working, but the same God works all of them in who? All men or all people. Look at verse 7. Now to each one, the manifestation of the Spirit is given for the common good. Very, very important statement. To one, um, there's given through the Spirit the message of wisdom. To another, the message of knowledge by meaning of the same Spirit. To another, of faith by the same Spirit. To another, the gift of healing by that one Spirit. To another, miraculous powers. To another, prophecy. To another, distinguishing between gifts. To another, um, speaking in different kinds of tongues. And still to another, the interpretation of tongues. All these are the work of one and the same Spirit. Look at a very, 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 very important statement. And he, the antecedent noun is God, gives them to each one, members of the body, just as what? Good. Okay. Let me explain this, then I'm going to move on. Very, very important statement. And if you want to have fun, read verse 12 all the way on. The metaphor of a body is used. And the reason Paul uses the metaphor of a body is that his design is that the body has two legs, two arms, two ears, two eyes, a torso. You know, you kind of get the deal. Let the body be completely functioned. His design is not that the body just function as an arm. Okay? He, he wants the legs to be used for walking, and he wants the hand to be used for picking stuff up, and he wants the mouth to be used for communication. And so he says, God decided... What part of the body is assigned to you? Very, very important. Very, very important statement. I'm saying this as it relates to spiritual gifts, and then we'll put it together with natural gifts, the Holy Spirit, and all that good stuff. So the gift you have, God gave it to you, and God decided that he wants you to have it. Just say, thank you, Jesus. Okay, good. You might not know what that means yet. Just say, thank you, Jesus. Okay? Next word. Go to the next word real quick. Uh, next slide. Let's go through this real quick. Okay? Now, here's the, here's the ugly word. And uh, this is the word we jack up in church. Okay? In the New Testament, the rite of anointing um, is used for consecration. It's not used for consecration or worship. Indeed, anointing is often thought of in figurative terms to describe the spiritual basis of Jesus' ministry. I can go into detail of that. And the spiritual work God performs in believers' life. The emphasis is not on the act of anointing, but on the Holy Spirit with whom one is anointed. Before I read that Greek word, creo, let me explain something real quick. 
If you study the Old Testament, when a person was anointed, hand was laid on them or oil was poured on them. And here is what meant by the term anointed. You were set apart or consecrated to do something. Are you with me? You weren't just anointed to say, I'm anointed. You were consecrated or set apart to do something. It's no different than your present-day ordination services. People come, your presbytery comes in, they pour a bucket of oil on you, they grease you up real good, pray over you, and, and, and you are set apart for a task. Okay? So anointing, anointing is not a feel-good thing. Anointing is, you got to do something. So when David was anointed king, look at what he did. He fought battles. Are you with me? Okay. Here's what I said Sunday. Our definition of anointing is restricted to the inside perimeters of the walls, and we'll walk out of here if worship was good or if the message was good and say, man, that was anointed. And nobody leaves and does anything. So I'm going to ask the question, what was the purpose of the anointing? So in the New Testament, the Greek word creo is used, and here's what that means, word, same thing. Consecrated, set apart for special service under divine direction. The same Old Testament train of thought is transferred onto the New Testament. So let me go here. When the Holy Spirit anoints, it's not for an emotional rise, even though that can be a part of it. Okay? But that's not the goal of it. The goal is you got to do something, listen to the words I'm going to use, with this gift that you received. Everybody okay with me? Okay, I want to explain. I'm going to go someplace with this. Y'all just say me. Let me know you're here and hadn't fallen asleep yet. Okay, come on, say amen. amen. Okay, let's, let's kind of, um, where do I want to go now? So come on, say, um, say natural gift. Natural. Say spiritual gift. Spiritual. Say uh, Holy, Spirit. Holy Spirit. And then say anoint. Okay, so I'm going to put that together. But before I do that, go with me to 2 Corinthians chapter 2. I want to show you something real quick. 2 Corinthians chapter 2, and what verse is that? 21. Did I get second or first? Oh, chapter 1, I'm sorry. 2 Corinthians 1, I'm just messing it up. 2 Corinthians 1, yeah. There we go, it looks more like it. Okay. Okay. And I'm going to show you some stuff real quick. Look at verse 21. You guys are there? Verse 21 say, it is God who makes both us and you stand firm in Christ. You guys have seen that? He anointed us. Don't miss that. He set his seal of ownership on us. And he puts his spirit in our hearts as a deposit guaranteeing what is to come. Verse 21, one more time. It is God who makes us both and you stand firm in Christ. He anointed us. He sets his seal of ownership on us, and he puts his spirit in our hearts as a deposit guaranteeing what is to come. Let me put that together with verses you've all heard before. In Jeremiah, before I formed you in the womb, I ordained you to be a prophet, and I set you apart. Y'all know that, right? So what the author is saying, before you came on the scene, watch this, God anointed you. That means he set you apart for a special service, okay? Listen to what the text continue to say. Um, he set his seal. That means when you got saved, the Holy Spirit entered your life. At salvation, the Holy Spirit, this is an important statement, the Holy Spirit entered your life, okay? And when the Holy Spirit entered your life, anointing is completed because then you're able to receive divine direction because you now have the vehicle in you so God 
out of you could speak to the God in you. I wish I had somebody in here. So now you know how to move. Before, you didn't know how to move because God wasn't in you. You had all kinds of crazy stuff talking to you, like the devil, like the beer bottle, like the alcohol, like the marijuana stick, like the girl, like all kinds of stuff. You had all that stuff talking to you. When you got saved, God said, let me take all that stuff out and let me go in. And then he came in to activate the anointing that you already had because you had an assignment already. And then now he says, now they can hear. I wish I had somebody. Now I can give divine direction. Problem is, once again, let me go ahead. The church, the, has, the enemy has skewed it. And we think anointing is all about church service. Anointing is all about church service. Anointing is all about, and we forget the task that we have to do. Okay? Say impact. One more time, say impact. Okay, now let me go to some clarifying questions. Go to the next screen. Here's some of the questions that we got. Some of the statements I made. Jesus operated in his natural gifts, absent anointing by the Holy Spirit. I said that day one. Let me explain what it means. In Luke chapter 2, all the way to chapter 4, Jesus was naturally a communicator or a preacher of the gospel. Everybody okay with that? Let me go here. His daddy was a natural carpenter. Everybody okay with me? So the community expected that his natural gift would follow the bloodline of his daddy. So they looked to Jesus to become a carpenter. So here's what they'd say when he would preach. Isn't that Joseph's boy? He should be carpentering. When the heck he doing preaching? He's not from the tribe of Levi. What they miss was Joseph was not his natural. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so the gifting that was transferred to him naturally came from his father who was above. And here's the point I want you all to get. From, from the time he was born up until the time he was 30, what he did, he did naturally. He didn't need anointing. And I'm not talking spiritual gifts. I'm talking natural ability. Heck, truth be told, I was God wrapped up in flesh. He better should be able to preach some sermons. <laughs> so it was natural ability. So here's what he did with his natural ability. He served God with it. He made a volitional choice to serve God with his natural ability. This is why I made the statement week one that a lot of you have natural gifts that you can use your natural gift to serve God, you don't have to wait on anointing. See how I threw you off on that one? You kind of get what I'm saying? Because you make a choice of what you're going to do with your natural gift. Okay? That's your offering back to God for what he gave you. That's what the tithe is all about. I bless you to go work. And so now you come back and you thank me with a tenth of your earnings because you are appreciate and you're worshiping me with your gift. There is nothing anointed about the tithe. It's us just saying, and that almost sounds blasphemous to some of y'all, Lord Jesus, here I go again, right? <laughs> it's just us putting God first in our life and he honoring his principles and rewarding us for it. Okay, so when I said to you, Jesus was operating in natural gifting, not spiritual gifting, natural gifting up until his baptism. I want you all to be okay with that. Okay, this is no different than you telling your child, be good and stop doing the things of the world. What you're really saying to them is give God your stuff. Next slide real quick. Go to the next one real quick. Let me keep walking. Uh, keep going right. Okay, so natural ability, very, very important. It's not equivalent to spiritual gifts. Everybody okay with that statement? Come on, say we okay, preacher. Okay, good. Next one. Go real quick. Let's keep moving. Okay, so here's the thing. There's a principle. Anyone can operate in the natural gifts or ability absent anointing in the church. Is this making sense now? I have a natural gift. I know how to fix stuff. 
I'm Bob the Builder. I can build stuff. So if you need something built, I don't have to be saved to come into your church and build it for you. Here's how I said it last week. $18,000 sign on the side of the street. I said this two weeks ago. The person who built that sign and put it there and gave the money to do it is not a Christian. Natural ability, absent anointing, blessing the church. Everybody okay with me? All right, let's keep going. Let's keep going. Next slide real quick. Okay. So natural gifts have nothing to do, this is so crazy, with the presence of God in your life. Uh, here's a couple of illustrations. If you can sing, you can just sing. If you can play, you can just play. If you can do whatever you do, you can just do. And here's where this kind of got edgy with a lot of you all because here's what I said last Wednesday. You got folk that get up on a microphone and tear a hole in the diaphragm of the microphone and you say anointing. I'm crazy enough to say, that's a good singer. Are you with me? Because I can go get, um, what's, what's, what's girl with the big legs? Um, what's, what's, Beyonce, yeah, yeah, yeah. I <laughs> Yeah, I'm sorry. I wanted to wake y'all up. Amen. Good. <laughs> yeah. Amen. I know how to ask for forgiveness. Amen. Good. <laughs> yeah. She can come in here, okay, absent anointing, and she can wear the same hole in the diaphragm that the person in church did. So be careful with natural ability and attaching anointing to it. Everybody okay with me? If you got the gift, you got the gift. That's all there is to it, okay? Um, go to the next slide real quick. We're almost there. We're moving. So here's number two. So here's where I want to shift. Jesus' anointing came at the point the presence of the Spirit landed on him. Very, very important transition now. So when you go to Luke chapter 4, verse 18, Jesus begins by saying, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me. Because, watch the word now, he has anointed me to preach. Okay? Now, remember I said to you, he had natural ability to preach. Now, the spirit entered his life, and the spirit is taking his natural ability, and he's not using it for the church so much anymore. He's now using it for what God wants done through it. So Jesus' message changes. Because it's no longer Jesus speaking. It is now God talking through him. Everybody okay? Natural ability, spirit attached, becomes spiritual gift, and God takes over. So here's Jesus post-baptism. Everything, I only do what I see my father doing. I only work where my father is working. So before he proceeds any miracle, he begins it with prayer. God, what do you want? Okay, I'll do it. Because it's you doing it, not me. So spiritual gifts, let me say this real quick, are not at the discretion of the owner. You can't say whether you want to use it or not. If you're obedient to God, God has full control of your gifts. So here's the thing. Spiritually gifted people don't say no to ministry opportunities. <laughs> Y'all missed that. Y'all missed that. Yeah, yeah. Because God won't say no to his own business in the earth realm. <laughs> Y'all missed that, okay? So very, very important, okay? Let's go to the next one. Let me keep going. Um, okay, right here. Um, back up one more. Let me back up, back up real quick. Um, Okay, cool. Keep going. Okay, so here's a couple of principles. Believers are anointed by the Holy Spirit at the point of salvation as the Holy Spirit indwells them. Everybody okay with that? I don't need to go through that, okay? Next principle, our spiritual gifts come as a result of the indwelling of the Holy Spirit. Everybody's okay with that, okay? Go to the next one. Let's keep going, okay? Um, here's another clarifying conversation. By virtue of the fact that the Holy Spirit indwells the believer, I like this. They are permanently anointed because that is what spiritual gifts is all about. I need to clarify that, okay? Let me look at the next one real quick. Anointing comes. Uh, back up, back up. Would you guys go for me? You guys, let me see here. Back, did you go too far or? Too far back, go forward one. Right here. 
Okay. Anointing comes as a result of the presence of the Holy Spirit in the believer, which serves, watch this carefully, this is, this is a tricky statement, which serves as the vehicle through which God accomplishes his work in the believer. Let me read that again. I want, this is tricky. Anointing comes as a result of the presence of the Holy Spirit in the believer, which serves as the vehicle through which God accomplishes his work in the believer. What that means is this. There's no way on God's earth you can say I'm anointed and you don't do nothing. No way on God's earth. No way. Let me go back to the church. You can say I'm anointed and I sing. You can say I'm anointed and I pray or I preach or whatever. But you can't come to church and have a good time, shake, do whatever you do, and then say, I'm anointed. Because then it was all about you. And I'm challenging your theology. Be careful with calling your feelings anointing. I wish we had time to go to Ephesians. We don't. So let me quote it. For by grace are you saved through faith, not of yourself. It's a gift of God, not of works, lest any man should work, boast. Um, verse 10 says, for we are God's workmanship created in Christ Jesus to do good works which God created in advance for us to do. Before I formed you, before I placed you in the womb, I knew you and I consecrated, ordained, anointed, whatever word you are, for you to become. So you get saved and now that you're saved, the spirit comes and God says, now it's time to have impact. Now for you to do. So your spiritual gift then becomes the vehicle that God walks through. So here's how Jesus said in Luke, the Spirit of God is upon me because he has anointed me too. And he says, preach to the poor, right? Proclaim to the captive. Set at liberty those that have been bound to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. And so here's how one author says it. Once the Spirit came, he went about doing good because the world saw his anointing by the actions that God performed through him. Everybody okay with that? Okay. Um, so so let, me, let me retract a little bit, and this is not to scare you. If you have the gift of tongues, let me just go here with literal tongues, and you go to some crazy country or far-reaching country in Africa, and all of a sudden, you start to speak the dialect that the local people use, and they can hear you. God gave you that gift so he can work through you to reach those people. If you have the gift of healing, right, and, uh, or let me back up. I like this one better. If you have the gift of praying to reach God to perform healing, um, God gave you that gift so he can work through you to heal the person that he wants healed. So when you pray and the healing happened, he anointed you to do that thing. Are you with me? The reason I like that one is because my chief surgeon, when I was going through my cancer stuff, came out the room and said to my wife, she said, hey, he's dead. Go ahead and make funeral arrangements. He ain't coming back. Doctor literally said that. It's in the medical record. Check it out, right? And my wife looks at him and says, hey, doc, you got natural gifts to perform surgery. This is what she says. You are the chief surgeon here. You're gifted. So I'll tell you what. You got natural gifts. Um, so won't you go on back behind them two doors and just cut some more. And, and I'm going to exercise my spiritual gift of prayer. And, and, and I'm going to pray in my spiritual gifts that God works through your natural gift to bring my baby back. Because I don't know what I'm going to do without him. And, and I don't think God's done with him. And I just love boo-boo too much. So, so you go on in back there and let's mix natural gift with spiritual gift and watch what God's going to do. I wish I had somebody in here. Are you with me? True story. That doctor cries and he goes back in there and he goes home and he says to Gatan on his way home, hey, I've done all I can. Um, there's nothing else we can do. Go ahead and call his family. He's done. Uh, we tried our best. He came to work the next day. Am I kidding, Katani? 
And he looked in the room, came back out. He's still here? He didn't die? Are you with me? That's spiritual gifts overlaying natural gifts. I wish I had somebody in here. Are you with She was anointed to pray in that moment in a prayer of healing and faith, and God had given her that for that instant in time so he can use her in that way. Imagine her, God saying to her, pray, and she's like, now feel like it. (laughs) Spiritual gifts don't say no to God opportunities. Everybody okay with me? Okay? So here's Jesus' problem in Luke. Hey, the Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he's anointed me. So now my messages were cute before. I mean, I had the hoop line down, scribes and Pharisees, better than Lay's potato chip. You can't just eat one. Mm-hmm, good. Uh, yeah, come on, y'all. He had, you know, like the dude that dropped on the morning and he got up early. You know, he, everybody was like saying, preach, preach, and preach. And then all of a sudden he got anointed. Hey, words fitting to change. I'm not concerned about you feeling good anymore. I'm more concerned about impact. So your life needs to be impacted. Are you with me? I can give two cents whether you say amen or not. I want you to change and stop what you're doing. That's what anointing does. Come on, talk to me this morning. Anointing changes, anointing impacts. And then it says, this thing got so bad, they grabbed him about the neck. You're supposed to be Joseph, boy. You're supposed to be a carpenter. Well, that's because y'all really don't know who my real daddy is. Had you known my daddy, you'd know where the anointing, come on, how he used my natural gift, added spirituality to it to perform what he once done in the earth realm. You guys okay with that? Go to the next one. I'm almost there. Next one real quick. Okay. Um, Believers anointing is the spiritual gift. I said that that God already deposited in them to do what God wants done. So your anointing, here's this, here's why I'm saying this, and I wish we had time, we'll do this Wednesday. Your anointing is the gift you got from God. Spiritual gift, I mean, the Holy Spirit is not anointing. The anointing is your spiritual gift. Yeah. Remember I said to you all, I am not a natural preacher. I am not a natural teacher, okay? But when I stand in front of you, I am anointed and my gift comes out. I remember stuff that I don't know how in the heck I, like, that's a good one, Ephesians 2, 8, 9, and 10. How in the heck I just remember that? I didn't memorize it. I'm being honest with you all. Natural gift, I mean, that's not my natural gift, but when I am flowing under the anointing, my gift comes out. Make sense? So if I have the gift of prophecy and I'm flowing under the anointing, guess what's going to come out? Prophetic utterances are going to come out. There have been times when I've taught here, I've said to you, hey, let me go prophetic for a little while because I sense God is saying something. And I'll speak prophetically or maybe during worship. Somebody with the gift of prophecy will stand up because the anointing is present. And look at what happens. They operate in their gift. Everybody okay? Y'all all right with me? Okay, anointing is the spiritual gift that God gave you so he can work through you. That's the setting apart, awaiting divine instruction. So when God says, do it now, you have no choice but to respond because God said. Are you with me? Let's make it to the end. Let's keep going real quick. Um, Next one real quick. Um, As a result of the Holy Spirit anointing the believer, okay, this is a good one. Because this one jacked you guys up. As a result of the Holy Spirit anointing the believer, should they be inviting people to church or using their gift to have impact in the community than invite the recipient to church? Here's how this came out that Sunday morning. Preacher done said we don't need to be inviting nobody to church no more. Didn't say that. Um, what I said is when you leave here, you should be the church, and if you're flowing in the anointing, your concern is not to get them to church. Your concern is to allow God to work through you to bring them to God. Right? Let me keep going. Let me keep going. And then when you bring them to God, it's cool to bring them to church. But here's what we do. Everybody goes out there. You don't realize that you have an anointing 
and you invite them to church so they can feast off the pastor's anointing. Come on, y'all. That's what you do. You got to hear this word. You got to hear pastor preach as if you can't preach, as if you don't have a word in you, as if you don't have a gifting in you. You kind of get what I'm saying? So imagine if you deposited your anointing on their life and then you brought them here to share in everyone else's anointing. Imagine what kind of impact. Oh, come on, y'all. Come on. Altar would be filled every Sunday. But if this is the first time they're encountering God, they're already intimidated by the environment. But imagine if we took the church outside the doors, what kind of impact we could have operating in these giftings and anointing that God has given us. Imagine that. So what I am saying, I'm saying there is a both and, okay? Here's what both and means. It's kind of like the flee statement I said. If you are not comfortable depositing your anointing in someone else's life, then sure, bring them here, we got them. But if you call yourself a mature believer in Christ, when you're out there, go ahead and give them some. And it's going to be like this. Derek watered. Derek planted. They come in. Pastor watered. But it's God who gave. Yeah, you kind of get the deal. Or, or you might have bumped into somebody that someone else had already watered. Come on. I planted. And then you watered. And then on the spot, God gave the increase. And I said, man, now that I know God, where do I feed my soul? Well, I am so glad you asked. Because, man, we got the perfect church that's trying to have impact in the community. We have a vision to be fully functional in five and fully facilitated in ten. Man, we're going to change Aurora. I know where you can use your gifts. Does this make sense? Let me, two models real quick. Um, Matthew 28, and I'm going to stop. Matthew 28 says, go into all the world. Well, let me, let me read it in the Greek grammar. In your going, make disciples. Not in your coming. In your going, make disciples. Baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. So here's what this looked like in Mark chapter 6. Jesus sent his disciples out two by two to make disciples. And so in their going, they encountered the sick and they were able to heal. In their going, they encountered the, the they did miracles because they were anointed as they were going. It wasn't about bringing people to the synagogue, right? Um, and matter of fact, in one instance, they were out there and they saw some other people doing it. Jesus, I thought we were the only anointed one, just like some of us fool ourselves. Um, he says, no, other the sheep that I had that you know nothing about. I got this. My goal is to evangelize the world. And so what they did, they sent them out two by two in the New Testament. Here is my early days of Christianity. I, I was raised in the Caribbean. I wasn't raised in the States, so I can't. I don't know if this is true here. When I got saved, you went through a discipleship process and every Friday night, you went two by two out into the streets sharing the gospel, okay? And we would go knock on doors, and we would share the gospel, and um, people would get saved in our going, and inevitably, we'd bring them to the church for baptism service, and baptism and church membership were synonymous. Those of you that are good Baptists would know this. Okay? Are you with me? Come on, it was synonymous. So you joined the church through baptism. That's why in some of your traditional settings, here's what the preacher says at the altar call. Um, by letter, by baptism, or Christian experience. That's where that all comes from. You kind of get what I'm saying. Because in your going, you might encounter a person that had a church home but wasn't connected with the church. You kind of get what I'm saying. Now, look at, look at the enemy. Watch, listen to me real carefully. I want you all to hear my heart in this. The enemy so knows that if the Christian church can live out its true meaning to have impact, it can revolutionize this world. He's gotten us to stop it. You ever seen a Latter-day Saint? That's Mormon for those of you that don't know that. Two boys on a bicycle with a black tie and a white shirt, backpack. What do you think they're doing? They're not inviting you to the Mormon church. 
Because you cannot go in the Mormon church unless you're a Mormon, excuse the term. So what they do is they come to your house and they start a church in your house. And they lead you in their tenets of faith. They get you to listen. They get you to whatever. And then once you've committed, they grab you by the hand. Then they take you to the church. They understand the principle. Jehovah's Witness, same thing, right? Um, these little churches all over the place, we badmouth them all. Matter of fact, we see them coming with the watchtower and we're running like, <laughs> Lord Jesus, okay? They get it, they get it, they get it, they get it. They realize that they're gifted, that they're anointed, and they go out in the community and they share their faith and bring people to faith. Then they bring them yeah, because, watch this, this is going to sound so crazy, they don't use their anointing in the church to have good church. They use their anointing out in the community to have impact. Those of us that live on the south side of town are still upset about that big Jehovah's Witness convention center that got up right in our backyard. What we upset about, they're having impact. We're having good church. And we're fighting for the anointing to move in the building. I love a good song. I love a good sermon. I love a good prayer. I was sharing with the ushers this morning. It's very, very important for them to know in their service they are anointed to do what they do. You kind of get what I'm saying? So I love to see a good usher do what they do because that's anointing just as well. It's God working through them. But when we leave here, don't leave the anointing on the insides of the building. On your job, tell somebody about Jesus. On the playground, tell somebody about Jesus. Come on, y'all. In, in it doesn't matter wherever you are. Allow God to take you. Watch how he says it. Go into the highways and byways and compel them to come that my house may be filled. It is a both and. But in your going, we've got to be so comfortable to flow under the anointing to say, man, God loves you. Come on, is this making sense? Okay, so anointing to recap, I'm done. I know I'm a little over, but I wanted to clarify this before we move on. Um, and we haven't even gotten to the whole issue of tongues and all that good stuff. But I wanted to get this real quick, is that you have natural gifts and you have spiritual gifts. Don't confuse the two. You can use your natural gift for God or you can use it for the world. Very important, okay. That, that creates some crazy stuff in some of us religious people. Because here's what we say, you got to be anointed to serve in church. What happens if a person just want to use their gift for God? What do we tell them? No. That's, that's a whole other can of worms. Okay, don't nobody repeat that. Don't email me about that because I didn't say nothing. All right. Okay. <laughs> I just want to put that out there. Okay. I prefer them to use it for God than for the world. What do we do with that, right? What do we do with that? We got to work through that. We have to work through that. Okay. The Holy Spirit comes in you to give you a spiritual gift. The spiritual gift is your anointing, or that's the thing through which God works, so you can be who he would have you to be. So I'm hoping that helps some. Does that help a little bit, guys? You know, I just need to be a little, I just need to be a little. Yeah, and, and, and thank you all, Katani, come on. Thank you all for, for gracing me and um, not leaving the church when you hear crazy stuff, <laughs> that we can stand and talk through it. I just need to kind of do that this morning. Because um, God's going to use this mightily. I want you to walk out of here feeling so impacted, feeling so anointed, feeling so that you're fighting out. What is my spiritual gift? Let me find that out because that's my anointing. You know, um, that's how God wants to work through me. So I'm praying that we can get there. So bow your heads. Let me pray. And we'll, we'll, we'll wrap up service fast. So we apologize for the time. Lord, you're an awesome God. Your word is sharp, quicker than any two-edged sword, pierces going in and coming out. I pray for this group of believers, Lord, that are anointed by you, that they would walk in that. Don't be afraid to use those gifts, God. That's why you gave it to them. 
And too often as a church, we quench the spirit or we quench the anointing. We quench the giftings of people. Teach us how to realize and use those in order to be a blessing, God. And when we leave here, Lord, let us have community impact. Impact, impact, impact. Give our hearts to you. I bless every person that sent a questions and even those that wanted to but didn't. Thank you for a loving congregation that's willing to engage their leader and leadership in dialogue. And as we continue to wrestle with the tensions of these texts, Lord, let us not give up in the fight because in all our getting, we get an understanding. We're here to hear from you, not from ourselves. So God, those that did a lot of research and spent a lot of time looking at scripture and commentaries and to shape the way that we're going to shape their questions, God, I thank you for people like that. That's what the Bereans are all about. And for those that are here that don't know you and are saying, man, I need to know God like that. I want to give them a chance, Lord, to say yes to you so you can work in them. Fill us afresh. Anoint us afresh, God, so we can be your servants. We give our hearts to you. Bless and have your way. In your name we pray and thank you. Amen.